The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier eSport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite eSports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. I am a free agent, head coach, and analyst, as well as a contributor at Slingshot Esports. And welcome to another edition of the NALCS Guests of the Lions podcast presented by Slingshot Esports. It is week eight. At this point in North America, pretty much everything is settled. It is amazing when you look at the standings, how few games that are going to happen for the rest of the split can genuinely have an impact on the playoff scene unless some huge upsets happen. But hey, that's why they play the games. It's a week where some underdogs are really going to have to come forward if they're going to make a leap. And a, a whole bunch of teams that are in those top spots are going to have to prove that they belong to be there. And to break it all down with me is my good friend and co-host, Walter Ciedes Fetchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? Man, in North America, it is lonely at the top for Immortals and TSM. Because I don't think there's a single team. And I will continue to to cry this out from the mountaintops. There is not a single team in North America that even comes close to Immortals and TSM. And that matchup in Week 9, man, I really hope Riot flexes it and just puts it on Day 2 and makes it the very last match of the night. Because what a way to end the series it would be. If I remember correctly, TSM hasn't dropped a map in seven best of two series. I believe that was the stat they said. It's 15 maps in a row that they've won. Seven best of three series. You are correct. The last map that they lost was to Echo Fox in the very (laughs) first map of their very first uh, matchup, which was, if I remember correctly, week week four. four. I remember it well. It was the one time in which you said, Oh God, could we actually blow this? And then you said, nah, it's okay. And never, ever, ever looked back. A month, almost a month of real-time games since they've lost a map. God, this team is good. And I I am so happy. I am so happy. This is like what happens when the Yankees put together a championship run. It's like, I... Like, I'm, I mean, good for you. Like, I, I'm happy for you on the one hand because you're my friend and I like seeing you happy. But on the other hand, like, Re- Reggie's bought his team of stars and now they're doing their thing and no one's coming close. And I hate it. I hate that this is, you know, everybody plays everybody. And then TSM is somehow at the top of the charts pretty much every year. No matter what. Doesn't matter who you bring in. Let's bring in some random solo queue player called Biofrost and let's see what happens. Oh, He's one of the three best supports in North America. Of course he is. Why would TSM ever have a washout at a? You know, a, you know, Chase. I, I gotta cut you off here because I'm I'm feeling some. Uh, I feel like you're you're projecting some of your anger from you know some of your favorite teams onto my favorite team, and I just I just don't look, think that's fair. I look. I'm just saying. I think it is very awesome for you that you have a very fun team to root for, and the fact that. Envious managed to somehow blow a series to NRG of all things last <laughs> week. I'm sure has nothing to do with how I'm feeling. Absolutely nothing. I will deny that sure? until we get later on to this podcast. You're sure about that? No, not at all. <laughs> See, this is the week Walter makes the heel turn. That's what I've been setting up for all year. I'm about to make the heel turn, and I'm about to turn into one of those snarky TSM fans that everyone hates because I'm just so... Ugh! Let's face it. Like, look at look at the top of the charts in KDA. You have the best player at every position except for jungler, and I know KDA isn't everything, but you might have the best player at every position except for jungler. 
I don't have a great counter argument to any of the other roles. I mean, who would you put above Hansa right now? Uh, no one. I, no one? I, I, I wouldn't put anyone above Bjergsen. Not a chance. Bjergsen's playing like a god. Would you put anyone above Double Lift? Nope. Not a chance. And, I mean, Biofrost, I might put Adrian above Biofrost. Like, Biofrost 9.91 KDA is helped by the fact that he plays with Double Lift. But he's still top two at worst. See, here's the difference, though. Turtle and Adrian haven't been aggressive in lanes. And hmm. Biofrost and Double Lift have been in everyone's face. Like, Did you just say Wild Turtle and Adrian haven't been aggressive enough for they you? They haven't. No, they've been very passive this season. Surprisingly, they haven't been getting up into people's faces. And I blame it on the lane swap meta. But whenever Double Lift and Biofrost get a 2v2, whether it's in, you know, early on, they don't do a lane swap, whether it gets into the late and you just happen to match up, Double Lift and Biofrost are on top of their opponent trying to stranglehold them. Like, let's not forget, we're going to, you know, this Team Liquid game. Double Lift had a triple kill in, like, what, eight minutes? And I don't think Fabi got more than half a wave for the next 15. Yeah. The only time he got more than three or four minions out of a wave was when Double Lift was not in the lane. That's what I'm talking about. I haven't seen that kind of pressure from Turtle or Adrian, and I think that mostly comes down to the fact that Rainover has not focused their lane at all. If you remember in the spring, he did tend to go to that lane because Pole Belter was the one that was playing really far back, really safe farm style. Pole Belter is having sort of a renaissance this split that really reminds me of the old days of Pole Belter, you know, the Curse Academy days. The notorious P.O.B. is in full strength. The notorious P.O.B. is in full strength. And now Rainover is focusing a lot more time on his lane. And of course, with, you know, his buddy Huey in the top lane. So I don't think it's necessarily Turtle or Adrian's fault. I think it's just Immortals adapting their style to realizing Rainover can't be in three places at once. And while Turtle and Adrian versus Double Lift and Biofrost, you're going to take Double Lift and Biofrost in that lane every single time. So... I think that they have the best player in every position with the exception of Sven Skarin. For the record, I think they have the best bot lane because I think the gap between Double Lift and Wild Turtle is greater than the gap between Biofrost and Adrian. I just don't think we should underestimate just how deep Adrian's champion pool is and how much of an impact he has on team fights with that team lives and dies on. Adrian is an incredible player who just, you know, when you're a support, you depend on what the rest of your team is doing. If they aren't playing around you, the way that TSM has been playing around double lift, then yeah, you're not going to have as many opportunities to make plays. But I can't think of a single time in which he missed a play. I don't think he's regressed at all since last split. I just think they're asking different things of him. But even then, the fact that Biofrost and Adrian is a conversation just goes to show like there were a whole bunch of questions about whether what TSM was doing this uh, offseason when it came to picking out a support. Trust the system, man. That, uh, that Reggie guy seems to know what he's doing. He seems to be pretty good at this whole running a team thing. Much better than a, uh, a certain other owner over in Europe who we discussed yesterday. On the yeah. Podcast. Can't imagine who you'd be thinking about there. Certainly not a team that tweeted out how they finally lost a series today. I believe uh, it rhymes with sex pecking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We got to move on to some actual <laughs> games this week. We went one and two last week, our Friday night teaser. We told you guys that there was nothing worth watching on Friday night, but we were going to give you guys a reason with our Immortals over CLG and Phoenix over NRG uh, prop bet. And that one, that was plus 154. It went downhill from there. We had Cloud9 to beat CLG and Apex. CLG decided to be good this week. And we had Envious to beat NRG and Apex. And NRG... I'm not even going to say NRG won. I think Envious lost. I think that's a fair thing to say, is Envious got their butts handed to him. And for the record, we are correct to parlay Apex into both of those bets. Apex proved to be terrible. So, great idea. Execution didn't quite work out. Okay, I think terrible is is very misleading because the two games that they won and the the there was also one game that they lost in each series. The two games they won were pretty decidingly. They were pretty strong victories by Apex, and especially one of the games against Cloud9. I can't exactly remember which game was close. I think it was game three where it was pretty close. So 
That's fair. I, to I, say they were awful what? this week, I think, is, a, is, is selling them short because they did play fairly well. Um, I, I will say this. I think they played well against Cloud9. Cloud9 game two, they should have won that game. Cloud9 gets some crazy base race play while Apex goes for the Elder Dragon, and they win on a backdoor. Nine times out of ten, Apex remembers to send somebody back just in case, and they win that game, and they win the series 2-0. And I'm not saying all these things about Apex. But man, do they look bad once they get punched. And that Envious series, even the game they won, I did not find particularly impressive. I thought that was a very middle-of-the-road game against a team that has been faltering pretty hard recently in Envious. And so that's why I'm coming down on Apex a little bit more harshly. But you're right. Up until the point where Cloud9 backdoors them in Game 2, they looked good. And they deserve credit for that. I, I, I'm not giving them enough credit to say otherwise. But, oh man, I do not like them in a potential playoff scenario. Should they somehow pull off the miracle and catch up, which after losing to Envious looks like is not going to be a thing. But let's get into the actual games that are going on this week. It starts with Immortals versus NRG. I think we pretty much summarized why we think Immortals is so good already. Is there any reason to believe that NRG will show something here against Immortals? Nope, 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 nope. Like I said, this is a continuation of Santorin's tryout for every other team in the LCS regions about whether or not he's a good jungler. And I think he, I don't think he does well against Rainover. I think this is another good test for him to show off, hey, I'm not just this walking ward bot that TSM had for, you know, for a split. Like, I'm actually a pretty good jungler. I could be aggressive. I could pull off these things. He's been the best part of this energy roster, whose second best part has been Quas on a team that includes GBM and OQ. This team is just a mess outside of those kind of two guys in terms of their consistency. My boy Kiwi Kid is lost in the Aether. He just doesn't exist anymore. You could tell me that you, Chase, you could tell me that you were the one that was actually going out and playing support for this game <laughs> instead of Kiwi Kid. I might I as well you. be. What's I mean, what is Kiwi Kid adding? And by the way, I object to your use of the phrase GBM. It is the corpse of GBM that is out there in the mid lane. I refuse to believe that that I, is actually GBM. But, but either or, I, why? Why would I ever think, if I don't think Cloud9 or Team Liquid could beat Immortals or TSM. Why on earth would I ever think Energy could beat Immortals? Like, could they take a map? No. Nope. So you don't believe that there's some world of, you know, of ours here? The victories that Energy are getting are because one of their solo laners are exploiting a, a weaker player. Quas has been able to beat up on some guys. You are not going to be able to beat up on Huni. Or the notorious P.O.B. It's just not going to happen. And OQ and Kiwi Kid have not been great either. This could actually be a game where you could see Wild Turtle and Adrian go, all right, let's take it to these guys. Let, let's take it to them. Let's, let's remix the entire synergy our team has been playing with and our core strategy, and let's get back to spring. We're going to take this back. And we're going to just crush these guys, and we're just going to move on. I could see that happening, um, but I think Immortals, it's its full steam ahead. It's getting ready for that Week 9 matchup against TSM to really determine who's the king of North America going into the playoffs. I don't disagree with you, for the record. I, I have to ask these questions because otherwise, you know, there would be no voice even pretending to defend for NRG here. I think Santorin has made a case for being the best jungler in North America. Given how little talent he has around him, everything he's been able to do as far as objective control, stealing barons, being in the right place at the right time. I mean, he doesn't have a single other member of his team uh, above a 3.0 KDA, and he's got a 5.5. 77% kill participation, uh, an amazing share of the jungle. It's, it's kind of insane, honestly, just what he's been able to do with such little talent around him. And I hope that he ends up on a great team next split because he's completely earned it. But as a team, no. I, I, the only way, 
And and if you had to paint an answer for NRG fans who want one, Quas gets the Alawi, Hooney goes a little bit too berserk, and Hooney, I will say this, uh, the CLG series has convinced me, you can calm down a bit, Hooney. You can really just not, you don't have to fight every single time you see a champion. You don't have to go 0-6-6 on Lissandra to start a game. You really don't. It's going to be okay. You can back off and remember that Lissandra has ways of getting out of fights too. They don't always have to be used aggressively. I, I feel like this isn't stated enough in his world. He's just like a rabid dog who just see champion, kill champion. And that's something that can be exploited. But it won't be by NRG. Where's the line here, Walter? See, I, I, I finally figured out North America, I think. I do have to give Immortals and TSM the credit they so deserve. I have Immortals at minus 450. Oh, you thought you figured it out with a minus 450, huh? I said Immortals minus 1,000. It's minus 1,667. And for the record, would you take NRG plus 700? Uh, no, no. No, no, you wouldn't. So it's a fair line. Uh, okay. Now, that said, if I could have somehow, you know, I was about to say tricked, but let's say convinced you into the... NRG could take a map. That's plus 180. No. Which are just terrible no, lines. No, no, no. There's no, no value there either. This is no. just. Don't, don't watch this series. Don't It could be plus series. 700 odds that, that Energy takes a map. It's not going to happen. Nope. Fair enough. Let's move nope. forward. Echo Fox versus Apex. I, you know, I, let's, let's touch on this Apex thing a little bit more because we briefly mentioned you know you came away with a very different viewing of apex than it feels like i did so talk me up on apex after what you saw last week and i'll try to present the counter you know it's not necessarily about talking up i think that i think they're about where they're supposed to be they're you know the seventh maybe possibly sixth team in north america uh, I think Ray has been kind of a rele- revelation, and I think he's just very, very raw. I think that you give him a little bit more time to get used to really playing in a in a system and in professional League of Legends, and not just riding the pine for some LPL team, or you know, I, I guess occasionally playing the LSPL, which is the Challenger League. Like we said this about Loyal last split, you know, raw guy hasn't had a big shot, hasn't had a lot of shots in either Challenger or. Uh, getting into the LCS, like, it's going to take some time. He has a lot of talent. He has a lot of natural aggression and lots of natural fire, the same sort of thing we see from Hooney. We just need to learn how to channel it. And I think because you have such such a fiery top laner, such a burning, aggressive top laner, you need to complement him with cooler, calmer, you know, supporting cast. I think Apollo is fairly good at that. I think having the veteran Nick Special who, you know, this is his third shot getting into the LCS. You know, he, he's doing okay. He, you know, he's hanging in there. He's not the best support in the world anymore. We we cannot even think that. We can't even think he's anywhere close to the best support in North America. But he's a nice, calming presence for this team. He's a veteran leader on this team. And then on top of Apollo, you have Keen, who Keen does have his moments of absolute brilliance where he is he is Beethoven and he has come up with something just completely unusual and it ruins ranked for the next like week. It just <laughs> is absolutely off and you and you can't stand that he played something like freaking Urgot and it ruins your plat promos. You just you hate it. You hate it so much, but you have to recognize his genius. But not everything Beethoven wrote was a masterpiece. Not every invention that Tesla or, or, or Edison made was a success. You're going to have some moments where you're just like, I don't know why this guy's doing this. This guy's a hack. And, and you're going to have to take the good with the bad. I think for Apex, they're going to survive their first split. They're not going to have to go into relegation. They're going to sit in the seventh spot. And they really need to look towards next spring. What do you do in the jungle? Because Shrimp is not working out. Shrimp yeah. was not is not the right choice anymore. He had his chance at the beginning of the split, and it just fell apart. It, it didn't succeed in the way that it sort of succeeded in the Challenger Series in the spring. So that's what I'm looking for. They have the great jungler, St. Vicious, 
to go and find his next protege um, and, and see what happens. But I think this is the beginning of not, you know, the next great North American team, but I think of a of a solid roster that we could see in the playoffs come spring and summer next year. It's interesting that you made the comparison between Ray and Lorlo because both of them are top laners that started playing back in 2014. Uh, for Lorlo, it was on a team called Storm, moved on to CLG Black before getting on Liquid and having stayed there. For Ray, it was AD Gaming with a little bit of time on Edward before eventually making his way over to Apex. They're both 18 years old. And the difference is that Lorlo has created a more holistic game than I think Ray has. Ray, to me, is all of the bad parts of Huni, with every once in a while showing some of the good parts too. And Huni gets away with it because he is so overwhelmingly mechanically skilled that he could just beat up on everybody. I don't know that Ray is going to get there. I think if you're not there, you have to learn and you have to adjust. And honestly, you know, I'm worried about Immortals because of the way Huni seems to be so one note in his approach in the top lane. I'm worried that Ray is not the kind of guy that you get to just calm down and teach how to play lane and play tanks when you need tanks when the meta eventually changes. I don't trust him on it. I, I think the guy is right now more of a liability than he is a help. And I understand that that's hard to say because the flashy plays look so good. But you know what? The only people with a worse KDA in the league right now is in the top lane, Seraph, Zig, Darshan, Quas, KFO. I, he, you know, that's not an amazing group of people that you're not differentiating yourself from. He's Zeref and Zig are at exactly the same place in terms of KDA. And I understand that Ray gets more kills, but he also gets a lot fewer assists. He's not involved as far as kill participation goes outside of his own solo kills. He's not teleporting in the way that you would want. I just don't... I feel like he's one of those guys where the stats in, in some ways condemn him and in other ways make him look really nice depending on how you want to view him. I just... I don't know. I don't think he has that next level. I don't see what Raid 2.0 looks like in the way that I think we saw where Lorlo was going to grow. I think we saw Lorlo saying, I'm playing tanks now. I'm learning how to sustain a lane. And then I'm going to learn how to hard carry on some fools. Ray knows how to carry, but I don't think he knows anything else. And if he hasn't learned it at this point, I don't know when he's going to. And you're right. I think shrimp is a problem. I think Apollo is also someone you need to replace. But I'll say this, I really like Keen. I think Expecial looks like the old Expecial. I'm glad that both of them are on a roster. I think you build around that core and you're going to be just fine. Where do you think the line is when they play this Echo Fox team that is not even worth talking about at this point? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I have Apex at minus 225 following some damning criticism about Echo Fox. I mean... I'm sorry. Did you see anything last week that showed signs of hope? Actually, I'll say this. I'm going to call out some Twitter analysts for a second. I'm not going to name names, but there were a lot of people who were like, man, this team looks so much better with Kez on the roster. And I like Kez. I've interviewed Kez. But when you say, yep, I'm sure glad we have Kez, that's been an improvement for our team. You have a problem. You have a long, long-term problem with the organization. That is not a fix. That is a stopgap to try to maintain some sort of sanity while the boat desperately sinks deeper and deeper into the ocean. Let's, I mean, Kez was fine. He's always fine. He's still, on his best day, the ninth best jungler in the LCS. I, I feel like we needed to calm down on that. But I'm sorry, Echo Fox fans. I said minus 300 for Apex, by the way. You got this one. It's minus 256. So I think that's fair. Echo Fox plus 190 is a thing. I don't think I'd take it at this point. I guess your argument is that their losses last week were to TSM and Immortals, and 
how much do you really want to judge them for that? But it's not like we saw anything in previous weeks that would make us feel better. Yeah, and I mean, like the, the way you're going to win if you're Echo Fox is frog in. And I feel like I've said this before. You know, Keen seems like, you know, he might be the kind of guy that could, you know, anti-carry Froggen. Hmm, weird, interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm sensing some deja vu. I know I've said that before. <laughs> so strange. Yeah, well, welcome to the, you know, it all comes full circle in North America. Let's go to Saturday. Game of the week, CLG versus Team Liquid. Walter, we have to talk about CLG. I know you and I have been putting off this conversation or we've been trying to dismiss it as long as possible. But they are 7-7 seven and seven right now. They have a better win rate than Envious by a significant margin. They took a map off of Immortals and they beat Cloud9. Those are quality wins. Is CLG a good team? What is your definition of good? In what context this is your are we talking? response every time I ask. Well, because context completely matters. Are they a good team compared to me and my friends? You betcha. If okay. Me and my IRL... Can they get to Worlds? Are, are, they, no. are they a team that could make it to Worlds from NA? Given I... that they already have a lot of points from Season 1. They have a lot like, of All they have to do is finish, you know, third, let's say, in the playoffs. And they'll get based on points into the in the world's automatically if they if they get in based on points fine that well, that's is what i'm saying are they the third best team can they be the third best team in north america i'll phrase it that no, way because i don't if they don't get in on points they don't get in via the gauntlet okay that's that's what i'm saying if they don't get in based on points i don't think they beat cloud nine and team liquid whatever teams they have to whatever one of those two teams they might have to play in the gauntlet because you know, the the point system kind of breaks down. Does the CLG end up being in that very last series and they'll only have one best of five to play? Well, or to get there, they'd have to beat one of those teams anyway. So if you don't believe they're going to beat those teams, it's not going to matter points or otherwise. Yeah, no, I, so I just, don't. You don't think they're in that tier. Why are they not in that tier? I think they're a tier below because Hui is just inconsistent. Hui has played great. He played great this last weekend. I have to give him credit. He played great. And like you said last week on the podcast, when he gets on his champions that he's good at, he's decent at the game. When he gets on Azir, he's okay at the game. I, again, but we have the the memes that Ram has made of you know the the who he you know CLG mid lane starter pack, and it's you know him down four kills and he's still going Rylai's Nasher's tooth like he's just playing poorly from behind as a as an Azir. I I don't think he's consistent enough. I think he can be abused. And it boggles my mind. It, it makes me furious that teams don't just 3v1 him the entire game with their jungler and their support. It makes me angry that teams have not just don't understand, hey, if we get our mid laner far enough ahead and just completely shut Hui down, we'll have enough damage to just blow Darshan and stick Say up. Mm -hmm. Hui, I think, has a tilting problem. I think if he does not go at least even, he is worthless to that team. He's absolutely worthless. They might as well be playing 4v5 because he just doesn't do anything. And he's mm. on champions that he can't do a lot unless he goes even or ahead. They constantly throw him on Zir. They constantly throw him on Aurelian Soul. They throw him on Victor. It's not like he's playing Karma or Lulu where you're, you, know, you have utility at any point in the game. His Cassiopeia was all right. But his rise was pretty solid. His rise was rise pretty solid. Play. But what does a rise do if it falls behind? It's worth scale. It. Scales. It's it'll he, scale. He keeps. He does eventually scale. They do eventually scale. But at some point, I guess rise is kind of an exception. But at some point, you're going to have enough MR to deal with Azir or Victor or or Cassiopeia until you get to like the 90th minute where gold doesn't matter anymore and everybody has six items and you win one lucky team fight. I just don't think that he is a player is worth anything if he is behind in the slightest at all. And that's why I don't think they can beat Team Liquid or Cloud9. Because Jensen and Phoenix can do stuff when they're behind. They figured out how to play when they're behind and how to get them spells back into the game. They figured out how to go, 
okay, well, what can I do to help the guys on my team who are carrying? What can I do to help supplement what Impact or Medios are doing? Or what can I do to help supplement what Dardock or Fabi are doing? It just, I don't see who he able to do it, and he has not proven it to me. When they crush games, it's because Hui is playing, you know, phenomenally. That's why they beat Cloud9 this week. That's why they were able to take that one game off of Immortals. And this is the first time I've seen him do it two series in a row. You know, I'm not necessarily going to disagree with you. I I think that Hui is a problem. I think that his consistency is an issue. I think, to be specific, if you ban out his rise, then you can exclusively leave him on scaling champs that can be bullied early because he will not take utility champs. I think Aurelian Soul has been the best utility champ that he's possibly bring, brought out. And honestly, I don't know why other mids don't do it. I've gone on this rant with you privately, but I'm on record. I think Aurelian Soul is a good pick. I think any pick that allows you to gank from a jungle if you have good warding and gives you an AoE stun has a place in any meta. That, that is a viable Thing that you can bring to your team that will always be relevant as a utility type of mage. And I don't know why we don't see more of it, but I think he plays it very well. Let's play a game, Walter. You mentioned Phoenix and Jensen there. These are the three that are kind of right now fighting for those third, fourth, fifth place spots. Okay. Of the three mid laners, who has the most player of the game wins? It's still Hui, and his fact tilts me off the face of the earth. It's not, actually. It's Phoenix. It was a trick question. Oh, thank God. Because last week, who he and Jensen are tied, by the way, at six. That, but that just goes to my point right there. Yeah. I, well, I mean, but, I, we, but here's the thing. We wouldn't say that Jensen is an inconsistent mid laner, even though he has had games where he got bodied. I thought that in the losses this week, Jensen looked rough. I think that we look at who he a little bit differently because the gap is so massive. Jensen, when he's having a bad day, he's bad. But he's not god-awful. he when he is bad, is terrible. And the thing is that that didn't matter before when Darshan and Aphromu were on point every game. And this week, we saw Aphromu have the best week he's had all split. And I think that's why we saw them win so many quality games here, is because he was handing... The number of amazing tempered fates that he landed throughout those six games were just out of this world. At one point, he juked out Stixay by hitting it right before the arrow would have gotten the, the stun off, which was kind of funny. I believe that was in their series against Cloud9, but it was just a really funny moment. But, I mean, if Avramu keeps playing that way, and who he's put on champions where he's comfortable, and X-Smithy just accepts the fact that Getting Darshan ahead isn't as important as making sure that who he has a defense network. I think CLG could be good. I think that this is the same roster that got first place last split, and the meta has moved in such a way that if Darshan remembers how to play League of Legends and they do enough to keep who he even or just slightly behind, this could be a scary team again. And I don't mean scary like Immortals or TSM scary. They're on a whole other level. But if you told me that CLG went up against Liquid in the first round of the playoffs and pulled out like a 3-2 or a 3-1 upset victory, I'm not going to pretend to be surprised. I think they're capable of that. I just think that it's not as likely because I think that if you look at you know, the other side of this matchup, we look at Liquid, I think there are so many other pieces of this team that are just so much more consistent I, I, I do want to ask about this, Walter, before, you know, just in, in terms of Liquid. Bardock was interviewed. He said that the team going forward are going to be built around the core of Lorlo, Dardock, and Matt. How do you feel about that statement if you're Phoenix or Fabi? I mean, they did hint uh, earlier on in that Slingshot article that you are quoting from. Let's give the credit where credit is due. I am of a company course. man. Uh, <laughs> But to be fair, he, they, they do mention in that article that there was some rumored tension between Phoenix and Dardock as well. And Phoenix has played fairly well this past year. I will give him the spring split. He's played fairly well. The summer split, he has definitely come into his own, especially since Piglet left, especially since he was benched and moved to the challenger team. Um, Fabi, I think this, this isn't necessarily indicative of Fabi. I think 
whatever, he's kind of the new guy and he has to prove himself. Um, but for Phoenix, I just think that, that Liquid is realizing they can play a different style and that Dardock is that style, is let's play around Dardock. Let's have him be the guy. He's the guy, and you can fill around him with other players. Obviously, him and Lorlo get along very, very well if you pay attention to any of their social media. Uh, they act like they're brothers almost. They're constantly you know, tweeting at each other and tagging pictures of each other and you know, almost going out and saying, you know, I love you like a brother, essentially. And Matt, again, is that synergy between him and Dardock from you know, playing together in the Challenger series. I think that comes down to keeping Dardock as comfortable as possible. When they suspended him, and had to bring him back in the middle of this supposed suspension. However, two weeks, whatever, it was over, who knows? Whatever it was. But the fact that they had to go on bed of knee and ask him to come play in the middle of when he was supposedly supposed to be suspended, they gave up any type of leverage they have with him. And they signed the check to him saying, you're our guy. They pushed Piglet out of the way. If they do end up pushing Phoenix out of the way and going with someone else who Dardock is more comfortable with, it would not surprise me. That being said, Phoenix could probably do decently for himself on another, you know, NALCS or even Challenger Series team if he wanted to stick around in North America. We have seen some Koreans start going into Europe, so there is always that path for him. But from what I've seen, I don't know if he's proven enough in North America to really, like, go back to Korea and accomplish anything in Korea. So if, if he is sort of pushed out of liquid, which those comments seem sort of like that's going to be the case, I think he's kind of stuck in the LCS still. I think he has to stay around North America or Europe. I mean, I'll put it this way. The guy's damage per minute numbers are insane. He's doing 32.8% of his team's damage. His earned gold per minute and his damage per minute put him among the top three in North America mid laners. The guy's just a really, really good mid laner. And you know what? He deserves all of the credit that he gets. I, I, I think that it's a shame that he and Dardock don't get along. I agree that if you have to make the call, you give it to Dardock because Dardock's a North American player. Phoenix is an import, and he's going to continue to be an import because the gate by which they're going to continue moving the deadline to become a North American resident or a resident of whatever region that these imports come to play and is going to keep moving further and further because otherwise it's just going to become a full import league and riot is aware of that i you know i get it i kind of feel like it was an unnecessary jab at fabby though who i feel like has done nothing but work his butt off for this liquid challenger system has been a company man for years and years and years you know they were saying at the beginning that we were giving him a shot because he earned it and now he doesn't even get name-checked when we're talking about a potential rebuild of the roster? Like, that felt weird to me. A lot more than Phoenix being left out. Phoenix being left out, I kind of expected. But Fabby, I'd take that personally if I'm Fabby. I don't, I don't feel like he's done poorly enough that he should be ridden off so quickly. But taken as a whole, Walter, I, I think it's safe to say you think they're going to win this week against CLG. What do you think is going to be the reason that they pulled this off? Dardock. Dardock, Dardock, Dardock. Everything comes back to the man in the jungle. It is Dardock's team. Like I said, he's had the blank check given over to him. Steve's signature is on there. It's his team. And I will say, notice that Loco Doco has definitely shrunk back into the background. He is yes. not as active on Twitter. He is not as vocal. He is not as forward-facing. And we're seeing a lot of interviews that when you're talking to Team Liquid about stuff, it's Dardock. It's mm -hmm. not Matt, it's not Warlow, it's not Phoenix, it's not, you know, Fabi got his couple interviews because he came in, but nearly every discussion about Team Liquid is going through Dardock, and it's mm -hmm. talking about Dardock, and it's talking about how Dardock fits into everything. He's the man with the plan, and if Team Liquid wants to break the curse, fourth place curse, this has got to be the man to perform. This has got to be the man to take them to the promised land. Because if they don't, there is such a stain on the legacy of this organization. They're the only one of the old guard. The only one of like the original four, four guys. TSM, CLG, Cloud9, Dignitas. You know, you look at those kind of names. And Team Liquid hasn't even made it once. 
it's just it, it it leaves a bad taste in your mouth if you are a curse slash team liquid fan but for this game team liquid has the advantage because of dardock dardock is a better jungler than x smithy i have team liquid at minus 175 okay so brace your headphones ladies and gentlemen i had team liquid minus 180 the actual line clg minus 118 Team Liquid is the underdog at minus 11. <laughs> Run! Run no! Why? Why? Oh, pissed me off because this is the absolute, the absolute worst line I've ever seen in my life. Are you kidding me? So I wish. Map off of Immortals and beat Cloud9, which... Folks, Team Liquid did it two weeks ago. That's true. But Cloud9's higher in the standings, though, Walter, so that means that CLG's the favorite, right? We, we get to ignore the giant sample size of CLG not having a single quality win other Bryce, than... Bryce, sidebar, I know these lines aren't your fault, but I just broke a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> I just broke a lamp. So, um... The sad part is, that's not a joke for the podcast. He actually broke a lip. I actually knocked over a lip. Oh, man. I... Knocked over a lip. Oh, my God. That is... Say it one more time, because I actually have to write this into my spreadsheet and stare at this for the next 20 minutes while we finish out the rest of these games. CLG is favored, minus 118. Good. Liquid at the underdog is minus one eleven. So, so are you saying we should take Liquid as the underdog at minus one eleven? I'm, I'm gonna hold off because maybe there's some worse lines in here. Maybe there's something worse. Maybe like what would be worse? Like if the if the line was they're gonna come to your house and kick your puppy. <laughs> like what would be worse? <laughs> How in the world is CLG favored in this series? I don't. Uh, oh. CL, CLG's wins g- before this week: Echo Fox, NRG, Phoenix One, and Envious, and, and and a win over Liquid before the whole Dardock thing got settled. Done. What did we see? What did we see? What? I I don't understand. I don't understand what changed. I. Oh my god! I I mean, who knows? Like I, maybe this will be a, an interesting series. Certainly, we didn't think they were going to be Cloud Nine, and they pulled that off. So anything's possible. But to put them as favorites is is just insulting to everything Liquid's done. Abs, abs, absolutely ridiculous! Ridiculous! Come on, Huey is not proven that he can sustain any type of success for more than a couple of games, let alone more yes. than two days. Like, he somehow hey, managed to do it two days here. You know who else took a map off of Immortals? Team Liquid, last week. Come on. Seriously, guys. I'm, I, I'm done. We're going to move on. We have to move on. We can spend How an entire podcast on that line. That line? I, I don't know, Walter. Lie. But we have to try for the sake of our audience, God. for the sake of the listeners at home. We have to try to maintain our sanity in this crazy, messed-up world of ours. Envious versus Cloud9. I, uh... Can I sell my Envious stock? Is it too late? Did, yeah, I, did I hold on too long? It's I mean, it's not worthless. There's still a playoff team right now with a two-game lead over the next closest team, who they yeah, beat this week. They're gonna get... They're gonna get the ever-living daylight stomped out of them by Team Liquid or, or Cloud9. That's not going to be a close series at all. That's, I mean, that has 3-0 written all over it. I mean, you're not wrong. What I mean, we've gone over before what happened with them, so I don't really want to go into that angle of it. Is there any way back for Envious? Is there any way that they could, you know, do you know, come back as a team and look like the team that went 4-0 and the first two weeks of the season and have you welcoming them back with open arms? They're, they're, what would have to happen? Seraph, Ninja, and Proxa need to get on the same page. It's not, it hasn't been the bot lane. Lot played great last week. Mm-hmm. He was, he's been fine. He's been great. 
I almost yeah. think Team Liquid should be like, like kicking themselves forever, ever letting him out of that organization now at this point. Yeah. Like he's been perfectly fine. Haku's been okay, but okay is fine. Like mm-hmm. he's he's an okay support. He's doing okay. He doesn't get caught out a a a whole whole lot. He does get caught out, but heck, Yellow Star got caught out like 80% of the time, and TSM still with you know took second place in the league. So there's hope. And yes, I did just compare Hakuo to Yellow Star. I'll take all that fanatic hate mail at your trash can. <laughs> your trash can? I thought that was double lifts email. Oh! Ooh. I, I, still, uh, I still love that particular uh, line from uh, Esports Express. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a classic right there. I, I think you're not wrong. I mean, I, I think that certainly... That's where it's got to come in. But I want to give Proxen a bit of a break, too, because despite everything, Envious has actually still managed to control the jungle to a, a pretty sizable extent. Right now, they have a 57% dragon rate. That puts them fourth in the league. Their baron rate is at 54%. They are above average at claiming those kinds of big objectives. The problem is they can't hold the rest of their jungle because their words per minute make them second worst in the league. Uh, Liquid and NRG are the only teams that word less, and Liquid plays with a far more aggressive style, so you can almost justify it there. But when you're passive and not warding, it's a death sentence. Because if the whole idea is you need to be able to make a play when the opportunity presents itself, you need the vision to back it up. And this is where I'll argue with you about Hakuo. I think Hakuo needs to start roaming more and warding more and giving these solo laners an opportunity to make plays because they're not great laners. They're not going to make, you know, incredible 1v1 outplays. That's not what they do. But flanks should be a possibility and they used to be and the team used to ward and now they don't and now they're not. And it's one of those things where, you know, any team that I've worked with, you know, in a coaching and analyst role, I, I say it over and over again. It's vision, vision, vision that's how you find the opening that's how you make your move unless you are so confident that you can move without it like someone with dardock is you have to have the vision and they don't and either they need to ramp up the energy on that team which i don't think is going to happen i think seraph has been beaten up enough times that he's not willing to become an aggressive laner anymore i don't think you're going to get it from ninja that's never been his style Lod does his thing by making sure that he takes advantage of opportunities in his own sake. But I don't know. Hakuo and Proxen need to step up on the vision. And Proxen, whatever he needs to do so that he can actually get a flank and help his solo laners out, it's a team effort at some point. The team is failing to set the team up for plays. And that's why they're losing. And... As long as they continue to do that, I don't give them any credit against a team like Cloud9. Where do you think the line is, Walter? I have Cloud9 at minus 225. No faith in Envious. Okay, you get this one. I had less faith in Envious. I said Cloud9 minus 270. I was too high. It's Cloud9 minus 233. Which in all reality is exactly where that line should be. Completely fair. I, I think it should be above 200, but not 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 much higher. Unlike these next two lines that we're about to see. Well, I was going to say, there are five lines in a row we could just quick fire through if you're willing to skip over energy and Team Liquid. Let's, which let's, is the top let's team rapid seven. fire these. Let's, let's rapid do fire. This. TSM and Phoenix won. One of these teams has not lost a map in 15 maps. One of these teams is... Kind of okay, I guess. I have, a, I have a better one. I have a much better one for you, all right? Here we go. Okay. Here we go, because this, this is perfect. This personifies P, P1. Ready? Okay. One of these teams hasn't lost a game, hasn't lost a map since June 24th. One of these teams just went to the red carpet premiere of the new Star Trek movie. I have TSM <laughs> at minus 450. <laughs> That is true. They did that. That was the dumbest, stupidest thing. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it was not quite as dumb as you putting the line that low. I said minus 1,000. It's minus 2,500. So, yeah. 
I don't. I don't think Phoenix One shows much of a chance of this one. Well, don't worry. I'm an idiot because Apex versus Immortals. I went Immortals minus four fifty. Okay, I'm gonna win that one as well for the record because a- Apex still has consistency issues, and Big Brother Hooney will beat up Little Brother Ray any day of the week. I said minus six hundred. It's minus nine oh nine. Let's keep going. TSM versus Envious again. TSM is not dropping maps to anybody unless you're a top three team right now. Envious has not looked like that in the slightest. Where's the line on this one? I have TSM minus 333. I get this one as well. I said minus 600. It's minus 909. That's Envious plus 500. I wouldn't take those odds. But I think that's a fair line. Cloud9 versus Phoenix1. I, I, we could take 30 seconds to talk about Phoenix 1 if you want. I mean, they've won a couple series now. It looks like they're kind of halfway decent. Even against Liquid, it seemed like they had a plan and were playing as a team. And then they've looked a little better. They were no, Phoenix yeah. 1. We, we, we can take a minute to talk about them. They've looked a little better. They've, they've come up yeah. with some interesting things. I thought the Malzahar was pretty cool. Um, yes. And the fact that teams are like afraid of the Malzahar from Pyrian, that's cool. No that's one was great. A- no one was afraid of anything from Tyrion. <laughs> like, that's He needs weird. to stop playing Varus, though. We can, we, can we agree on this? Like, I just... I understand yeah. it's a comfort pick, and he feels like, you know, oh, but I could bring it out at any time. No. No, you can't. No, you can't. No. That's, that's, not, that's not how that goes. And, you know, Inori's been... Inori's been, like, a warm glass of water on, like, a 110 degree in Texas. Like, it's not the most refreshing thing, but it's better than nothing. I mean... Inori is a North American free agent. I think he's signed next split. I think he's done enough to say he could be a top 10 jungle guy unless everybody <laughs> unless everybody is importing junglers. You only have a couple import slots. Yeah. I think Inori's better than so like I take him over Shrimp. Yep. I, I take him over shrimp. Hard. I take him over Kez. Yep. I take him over Moon. I take him over, you know, I have a conversation about whether I take him over Proxen. I think there's a conversation to be had there. And Nori's younger, he's rawer. We've seen Proxen now for a while. This is who he is. It, it depends, though, because if it's still that Envy roster, Proxen has the advantage of speaking Korean. That, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm like, just saying, as a globalized whole, I think Inori might have a place in the LCS next split. I think he could be signed. Maybe. I mean, it, it would be another, like, eight seed. It wouldn't. I don't think he breaks into, like, the playoffs. No, he, he's not a top five NA jungler by any means. But I think you could make a case for top 10. Maybe. It's a case. It's a lot more of a case than we thought when they signed them. I'll put it that way. That is very true. I will None of that is going to matter against Cloud9. Where do you think the line is? Cloud9 minus 333. Okay, I get this one. And with it, I believe the week. Yes, I do get the week because neither of us got any points on the CLG Team Liquid because CLG is favored because Unicorn just... I don't know. They woke up on the wrong side of the bed that day and decided that they were mad at Liquid for some reason. I said minus 400. It is minus 625. I don't take Phoenix 1 at plus 400, so that's fine. Echo Fox versus CLG. Again, is there anything worth saying about Echo Fox? When Kez is an upgrade to your team that is sizable enough that people are commenting about it on social media, is there anything else I could say about your team? No. What's the line? I have CLG minus 333. I get this one as well. I said minus 500, it's minus 769. This is your fatal flaw, Walter. As soon as it gets super high, you start getting afraid. It means that we're 11 and 6 on the week, though, because you crushed me in Europe. I did. I I killed you in Europe this week. It wasn't. It wasn't particularly close. So as far as I'm concerned, it could be a lot worse. We have one more game to talk about, which is NRG versus Liquid. And I want to talk about NRG for a little bit. It does feel like, you know, we 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 already mentioned Santorin. Santorin could be the best jungler right now. Eh, He and Vanover. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I think it's between those two. Whoa! I would probably put him on my list right now at number two. I think Dardoch's number one. Oh. I think, I think Dardoch's the best jungler in North America. I think Santorin's two, and I think Rainover's three. And I think Rainover is three because I think Rainover has a very 
very clear path, and I don't think he has the ability to mix it up the same way the other two do. I think I know where Rainover is going at every part of every game. And the key is with Immortals, they say, okay, you know what we're going to do. Stop us. We dare you. That's true. And that's the thing. That's what an Immortals – and Rainover doesn't have to push himself any further than that. But guess what? On the international stage last split where he was challenged to do something else, he couldn't. Santorin has had to change every game this entire split – because he had no way of counting on anyone else on his roster to do their job. So he had to be able to do everything. And I would say the same thing, uh, you know, about Dardock. If he was in NRG's shoes, he'd be doing literally everything possible. And he has proven to adapt to either Phoenix or Lorlo or, you know, whoever's, go- whoever's got the hot seat. Dardock can adapt. Santorin can adapt. Rainover's just going to do the same thing every time. Whether it's working or whether it's not. And Raidover does that one thing better than anybody, but he does one thing. And I value the versatility. And I hope to God that I get to see Santorin on a good team next split because I want to see this proven. Because I'm sure there are a lot of people like you who think I'm just absolutely insane. But I think he's the second best. I think Dardock's number one. I, I was playing devil's advocate earlier. I think Dardock is number one. Wow. I would, I would reverse that list. I, I think Rainover's the best jungler in North America, but that and is you'd an put argument. Th- you'd, yeah, you'd put Dardock third then? I think Dardock and Santorin are... I do have to give him some credit. He is on an absolute terrible team when it comes to talent. Uh, I, I think they're probably tied for second. See, this is why I can't wait. The one off-season podcast that we should do, regardless of how everything else turns out, we need to do another redraft the league draft. Oh, that was the most fun. And I want to see how quickly we see the run on junglers. I just want to see how it works out. Who's your number one overall pick today? Number one overall pick in North America? Both regions. Are we talking about both regions? North America and Europe. Erickson. Okay. Fair enough. Erickson's the best player in the West right now. Who's two to you then? Uh, God, that's where it gets tough. I, 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 I it's easy to me. Bjergsen, Dardock. I mean, Dar- Dardock, Perks. Those are my top three. Well, uh, see, that's the thing. I think Perks is, I was going to say Perks it too, but I think his stock has dropped a bit. I, would, I think Tricks dropped a little bit. I'd say Sven it too. Sven. I'd take Sven. Okay. Sven right now is the best AD carry in the world. And he did it with, you know, Perks has been inconsistent. Trick hasn't been the same guy he was. Sven still looks as amazing, if not more amazing, than he has for a year now where he has been among the top 280 carries in Europe at worst. And and by the way, he and double lift, I mean, double lift might be third off my board. I mean, that's just... Interesting. I, I think the thing that makes Dardock's stock so high is the fact that he's a North American citizen. Yeah. But if we took away that North American citizenship, I think there are a lot of junglers. Like, I, you know, he ran over... Santorin, Trick, uh, Spirit. Like, you could put a lot of guys up there in the jungle camp. You don't need to make a rush for them if citizenship doesn't matter. As soon as citizenship matters, Dardock's my number one pick. Fair. Fair enough. After Bjergsen. Where's the line on energy versus liquid? I don't know. This tangent tangent went way off off the rails. Uh, We're we're going to get back here. My line, Team Liquid. Team Liquid. Minus 225. Okay, I get this one. I said minus 240. Team Liquid, minus 385. Okay. So, yeah. so y- y'all, Unicorn, Unicorn, we need to talk for a sec. So <laughs> you have Team Liquid at minus 385 against Energy. I'm content with that line. But you have CLG at minus 118 against Liquid. Okay. I'm sorry for your headphones. Let's let's put it this way: if the line for CLG over energy was CLG minus four twenty, would that be unreasonable? Yes. Over energy? That would be unreasonable. Still. Would you take energy at plus two ninety over CLG in a series? I would. Okay, that's the difference between you and me. I would. Because I, I don't have smart enough to just camp the hell out of Hui. I mean, that's fair, but I don't think GBM takes advantage of it anymore. What's GBM's champion pool? <laughs> I'm waiting for him to pull out Ziggs at this point and just be like, yeah, Ziggs, Zeros, screw it. 
I mean, he might as well. It's not like playing things in the meta is working well for him. I mean, Zillion, I guess you could say he's a half decent Zillion player. GPM has got to be the saddest story of this North American split to me. I, that was a guy I had such high hopes for. I loved him on Gen Air. I, I just, I hate what he's become. And I just, it's like when Dade went to China and then just decided to play golf instead of being an actual League of Legends player. Like, I don't, I, I don't know how this happened. We got to find some smart money bets for the people at home, Walter. And since we went through five bets rapid fire, you can bet there's not a lot of uh, value to be found. There, there's not. There's very few, uh, very few matchups here that are under 400. So let's let's start looking at the obvious way of of making some. Can we take Liquid at minus 111 over CLG? Oh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Um. And if you've been paying attention to Europe, that means that is obviously going to go in CLG's favor. So, eh, whatever. Hey, hey, we got one of those today. We got Giants right over Origin, so I'm fine with this. Um, and the reverse jinx against Rocket had to come through for me eventually. Uh, are there any other upsets that we like? Could Envious at plus 175, is there value there? It just feels like like, I feel like they could get the upset, but I don't feel like it's high enough. I'm going to feel amazing about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I agree. That That's the one that I was looking at. Um, I, Actually, I think Echo Fox could beat Apex. As weird as that sounds, Echo Fox, okay. they only have one series win. It, I, it feels like they they need to win another one. Kez did make the team look better quote-unquote, in, you know, an 4 week. Um, Froggen is still capable of always, you know, just solo carrying by himself. I Apex, like you said, at times they have looked pretty weak, and if, if Ray doesn't go off, they have no other Ray to win. So Unfortunately, he's going up against KFO, which yeah, means that they that's... likely do. So here's my question to you. Do you like Echo Fox at plus 190, or you take Apex over Echo Fox? And Cloud9 over Envious. And let's just throw in TSM over Phoenix 1 because that's such an obvious one and it just bumps it into the plus range. And that would be plus 107. I would do that. I would do that. Yeah, I think so that's fair. I think that's fair. So the last thing I think we should look at, Walter, of all of those rapid-fire games... Who's most likely to take a map? Because we can get the plus one and a half handicap here because best of threes are a thing. Like, couldn't you see Apex getting a map over Immortals if Ray just goes off? Nope, 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 nope. What about, what about Phoenix 1 getting a map over Cloud9? Cloud9's Nine? been dropping maps recently. And Phoenix it's, one has, is on the rise. It had a little bit of a hot hand. I could see Inori sort of out jungling, uh, out jungling Medios. And if Pyrian does get onto that Malzar, I mean that could be a contested pick in that series because Jensen played it too. And that um, would be a plus one ten. And all they have to do is win one map. Whether if they get one map or the series victory, we win. What about Echo Fox? One map against CLG. Because who we played really well this last week, he's got to be in for a down week, right? That's possible. Yeah, against Froggen, that's in play. If we think that goes to three maps, we could take the over two and a half maps at plus 165. Screw it. I want to hate on CLG. Okay. Let's plus hate on two CLG. and a half maps uh, for EFX versus CLG. So as long as... Echo Fox gets one win, or as could potentially happen, CLG gets one loss. Echo Fox doesn't necessarily have to win it for CLG to lose a map, <laughs> given the way that uh, some of those games have gone recently. Then we come out as winners on that end. So to wrap it up, our smart money bets one last time. We have Team Liquid minus 111 over CLG. Apex over Echo Fox, Cloud9 over Envious, and TSM over Phoenix 1 at plus 107. And plus two and a half maps for CLG versus Echo Fox at plus 165. That has been a podcast, my friends. 
I hope you guys enjoyed it. We had some tangents there towards the end, but it's only because in North America, only a couple of these games have uh, a real chance of coming back to impact the overall scene. It's going to be a matter of if any of these upsets come through. And if they do, you can imagine that Walter and I are going to be tweeting about it like crazy. Our live tweets are at Rough Drafts Pod. That's where we tweet all of our podcast news and do our live tweeting when we're able to watch games. Kind of been slacking on that recently. I think we need to pick that back up because I know you guys enjoy it. Um, you can also follow us on our own social media accounts. I'm at Redshirt King on Twitter. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? I'm, I'm at C80s underscore LOL. Come at me, CLG fans. I mean, it's kind of hard to come at a TSM fan at 14 and 0. So I feel like some people might not take you up on that offer. But I'm the one who made like a five-minute rant on how Santorin could be the best jungler in North America and then immediately backed off on it in one second. And I bet people who didn't get to the end of that segment were angrily tweeting me as we spoke. And uh, and I could get a couple fun ones there. Please do. We love hearing from you guys, positive, negative, or otherwise. Of course, we also love when you give us feedback on the podcast. And if you like what you heard, you should definitely subscribe over at soundcloud.com slash esports rough drafts or on iTunes on the rough draft section there. We love all your feedback. It means a lot to us when you guys give us a review or subscribe. Uh, really helps with all the algorithms and everything else. And of course, if you like this, there's so much more content to be found at slingshotesports.com. They're proud presenters of the podcast. Uh, Vince and Joe have put together an incredible website. I get to go meet with them when they come to E-League next week. I'm so excited. I get to actually meet them in person and take them around uh, as they do all this Counter-Strike stuff. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But not only are they fun guys, they've got a whole bunch of great writers on there, a whole bunch of interviews from the LCK, including Faker saying today that he thinks the Rocks Tigers are more likely to win LCK Summer than SKTR. That's a thing that was said. Uh, tons of great interviews there. Tons of great interviews in all your favorite esports whether it be all the Evo stuff going on, Counter-Strike as it's been ramping up, uh, tons of different content that you should go out and enjoy at slingshotesports.com. Come back next week. I know we were a little off this time around. I'm still recovering from vertigo, of all things, which is something I never expected to be saying. I'm trying to, I guess, cross off my alphabet of diseases that I could potentially have over the course of my lifetime. V's a tough one, so glad I got that one out of the way early. But come back next week. We should be back Wednesday for Europe, Thursday for North America. We're going to try to get right back on schedule. And until then, goodbye, Internet.